Welcome to Big Fan Podcast. I'm Kevin, and I'd like to take time to acknowledge my new listeners in Australia and the UK. Today's guest is Marlon, an entrepreneur, fitness coach, nutrition coach, certified personal trainer, mindset coach, and DJ. Marlon, thank you for coming in. Uh, happy to have you on the show. Glad you had me on, man. Let's do it. Has COVID-19 affected your, your business? Hell yeah, it has. It's affected it. Um, it's affected my business and it's affected me. I have, I have a lot to say about it. Um, I've been very fortunate and lucky uh, with the people that I've met. I've built some great connections that have opened many great opportunities for me. I ended up um, getting into a contract with a uh, real estate company that um, allows us to use their locations. Um, it's a residential company. There are six locations throughout the city. And essentially, we uh, allow the residents who live in the building to take classes for free. And then we also sell memberships uh, to the public so anybody can be a member. And anyone can use those facilities, like the swimming pools, the lounges, for private events, whatever they want to do, co-working spaces. So think of it like like an East Bank, which is kind of like a, like a country club, but spread out throughout the city. So that was a really cool concept. It was cool. It was growing. Um, and then when COVID hit, um, my business actually grew in the very beginning of it, which was surprising uh, because of the online business, uh, online training, since it's become a norm. But as soon as, uh, like about a month after that, I started to have some, I started to question what I was doing. I was working like 14, 17 hour days. And at the time I had a full-time, um, personal assistant that was helping me. So I was working 14, 17 hour days with a full-time personal assistant who would, you know, work more than 40 hours a week sometimes. And, uh, I came to the realization that I didn't want to work that hard anymore. And um, my business partner and I decided to split. You know, he had his reasons. We had mine. We're still really good friends to this day. And um, once he, uh, once we split, for the first time in, in, in a very long time, I didn't know what to do. For like three years, I was just crushing it. I was growing it. In 2020, like before March 16, I was already 50% ahead of last year. That's how much growth we were having. Wow. Yeah, so I was already 50% ahead of, of the year before. And then um, once my business my business partner and I split, I didn't know what the hell to do. I, it was like just not solid ground for me, you know, because I was living in uncertainty and like that feeling was very hard for me to sit with for a while. So I took the time to just not focus on business and just focus more on myself and family and friends and, uh, and art and spirituality. And then I, I came to find that, uh, you know, I love music and most of my focus is there. Now I only work 20 hours a week. I make less, I profit more and I have way more time. I'm way happier. And the structure of my business is like, I, it feels like I want to be pinched right now. Life is so much better. 
32? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what, like 15 years ago? <laughs> yeah, we met, a, we met a while back, huh? <laughs> so you came far from Jimmy John's. <laughs> no, thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. So what would you say would be like the perfect diet? For, let's, say a, let's say a fighter, like an MMA fighter. Like an MMA fighter? Oh, man, this is pretty hot right now. I would say um, for a fighter, well, for one, it depends on their training regimen. Like there is such a thing as too much training if you're not supplementing properly with food. I would say that for a fighter, definitely, you know, having a good amount of carbohydrates as fuel to replenish, to work hard is really important. And then, um, you know, a high-protein diet to keep as much muscle as possible, but they lean out with uh, a little bit of uh, lower on the fat side because MMA fighters are, are pretty active. Definitely whole foods, nutrients-dense foods. Um, although sometimes, though, like athletes can eat shit food just because they need to have more calories. So it's like you've probably heard this story. Like, for example, Anderson Silva, he eats a Big Mac. He can eat a Big Mac every day and be fine. He actually eats Big Macs while he trains. But sometimes having that quote-unquote shitty food allows you to get in all those calories, you know, like that brunch food with the pancakes and the French toast, all that. It, de- it depends, right? Where Because like when you're a fighter, you're, you're, you're focused on performance, right? So, so it depends where where the fighter in the in training camp is focused. Does the fighter have to cut? If the fighter has to cut, that changes the diet. If the fighter has to focus on performance, that changes the diet. If the fighter is in uh, post-season, that changes the diet. So it just depends what season and stage they're in at the training camp and if they're in off-season or pre-season or in in-season. And then there's post-season. So it's like a really hard question to answer because it's not like a, I don't know anything about the fighter. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, for sure. I've been a vegetarian for like seven days now. Oh, you're, you're a vegetarian right now? Yeah. Nice, man. How's that going? Uh, it's going good. You know, I thought it was going to be harder, but, you know, I got some pretty good recipes now. Nice. <laughs> well, so what? <laughs> What what motivated you to go that route? Uh, I just came down to the conclusion that uh, meat's not healthy. Gotcha. What brought brought you to that? uh, A lot of documentaries, and I worked in chicken plants and meat factories and stuff. For sure. (laughs) Vision of that. So, you know, it's a lot of chemicals and... uh, I don't really feel like putting this stuff in my body. Plus, I'm actually going to be start training for an ultra marathon soon. So, oh, wow. Damn, dude. Most- <laughs> 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 Remember, I was talking to this one army guy. He was in the army. He was telling me that um, when he would go out to run with his platoon, they would literally take cigarette breaks. I thought it was like the craziest thing. So they would run eight miles, smoke cigarettes, then they'd run another eight miles. Smoke a cigarette. I was like, <laughs> in the middle of your fucking run, man. That's kind of how uh, I do it myself and stuff. But uh, I can run. Yeah. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. I like to stay active. Yes, sir. 
So, uh, you were a former coach at the UFC gym too, right? Yeah, I used to work at a UFC gym in Chicago and uh, Orleans in Chicago, uh, Orleans in Ohio, actually. I was there for about four years before I branched out on my own. Did you? What did you think of their gym? I thought it was good from a business standpoint. They have a really good concept, right? It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a model of volume for a very uh, low ticket price. It was like ninety nine dollars a month unlimited at the time when I was working there. Uh, unlimited for classes, and then they had open gyms, so you could go in and work out anytime on your own. Personal training was decently priced. They uh, paid their trainers well, which is part of the reason that so many UFC trainers are loyal. Um, they paid like double as much as like big chains like Equinox, who are much bigger companies, you know. Um, they were like paying double just to start, so I thought that was pretty cool. And then uh, besides it being uh, a good paying, a good paying job for uh, entry level personal training, they also had a strong culture because it wasn't just about you know lifting weights. It was it was a sport. It was a skill. So anyone into that stuff is gonna have more loyalty than like, you know, just a regular box gym lifting weights and stuff, so. How would you say your gym is different from that gym? Um, man, so what we offer is uh, nutrition coaching, um, mindset coaching, accountability, of course, comes with that, and then uh, fitness. So um, we really focused a lot on community. Like I know a lot of gyms say community or community is great, but it's one thing to say it and it's another thing to convey it. Like our members will work out and then they'll go like have, you know, a brunch afterwards or have coffee before and like they hang out with each other and they're very active together on social media and like sharing recipes and Facebook groups and just very supportive. I'll say that. I'll also say that, um, some some gyms can foster a competitive culture, and that's fine if it works for that gym and that culture. But I came to find that a supportive community is by far way stronger. To have like a stranger tell you a good job or, or welcome, it almost sounds kind of cultish, but it's not. It's just it's part of the human element too, to be wanted, cared for, to have people actually think about you. Uh, so I would say that that's what was different. It's just it's just really our members and the people and and the culture that's been cultivated. You know, it's nice to like start a class and like as class is starting, people are like hugging and stuff. They're like, oh my god, hey! And it's like they don't see each other outside of the gym, but that's the culture inside the gym. You know, which is pretty cool. So I got a question. All right, so on fight day, all right, because I just had a I just had a friend fight yesterday. Uh huh. Right. And uh, we actually did a podcast uh, where it was before, like at his weight class. So I had to go weigh in. And then we did it after his fight. And uh, he ended up losing. They did like a really good fight. You know? Yeah. And he, wasn't, he didn't feel bad about anything. And, you know, mm-hmm. and he, I was saying, like, all right, how much would you drop? Like, if you weigh 130. Would you fight at 130, or would you come in like 10 pounds lower? 
Man, you know it's crazy. When I was fighting, I talked to this about with one of my coaches and good friend, Rick Williams, who's a Golden Glove champion in Chicago. When you look at most of the guys who win championships, they're they're pretty close to walking around at that weight. And it makes sense. Like when I dropped, I remember I dropped 14 pounds in one day because I had to fight the next day. I got knocked out in that fight. And what's crazy is like I I almost beat the guy. Like the fight could have gone either way. Right before I fought him, I had a fight, but I fought him one fight before we fought again, literally like within a two-month period. And I almost beat him last time. And then I fought this dude. I knocked him out, and then I fought him, and then he freaking knocked me out. And that's where I that, I cut 14 pounds that time. Wow. Yeah. One day. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't healthy. It wasn't good. That was uh, 2014, right? Yeah. That was 2014. What made you, because I met you in 2013. I remember you were working with my wife. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's another thing I have here you know, who does boxing. Like you said, it's far with you. And, <laughs> and I used to, used to get a lot of offers and stuff as far. So I was like, oh, that's good. You know? And, uh, you know, I met you. You know, we sparred. And I thought, like, right away, I was like, hey, you know, this guy's fucking really good you know and you had a lot of heart back. <laughs> thanks man and then uh you and we were both supposed to be going to the golden globes that year i remember yeah and, uh, what the fuck happened to me i don't know that shit's a little scary though <laughs> yeah i probably like just fucking sabotaged myself and shit mm -hmm. but that takes a lot to to go through with it you know when or lose. yeah absolutely man you know a lot of people think about like winning the championship and stuff. But honestly, the fight is the reward. That's what people don't get. Because you get in that ring, you've practiced for so fucking long. Like your skill set is just at another level. Your mentality is at another level. Like win or lose, if you can walk out of there saying that you did your best, man, it's the best high in the world. You can't buy that shit. You can't just be like, give me a crack of that. You have to fucking work for it. And when you get it, it's like the feeling is just a mental edge and tool that's given to you for the rest of your life to walk around with, you know? Uh, I was scared. Like, what are people going to say if I get knocked out? What if I lose? Like, I got knocked out. I I lost. Honestly, one thing I learned is, like, if you allow other people to support you, you're going to get a lot more support. But if you don't allow people to support you, if you don't give people permission to love you, you're going to get less of it. And it's really easy to be like, Oh, my friends don't support me, but are you open to receive that support? Are you open to receive that love? You know, on the other side of the coin, people are always going to talk no matter what. I saw a meme where it's like, there's this old couple walking with like a, a horse and uh, the man was like carrying a big load. He was like using a wheel and somebody was like, oh, what a stupid couple. They could use the horse to carry that load. And then they put the load on top of the horse. And they're walking and then this other person says wow what terrible human beings they shouldn't put that load on the horse you know it's like no matter what people are always going to talk yeah like you know like you could overtrain yeah do you how much would you run before a fight like within the like, two weeks two weeks before the fight like how much training of running do you do at the time, I would run like two to three days before the fight. That would a run would be like a light. That would be like a light thing. It wouldn't be like a hard thing, you know. 
but you said two to three miles? Yeah, it would be like a light run. I would not two to three miles. I would run two to three days before the fight if I could. Uh, I would just keep it light, something like three to five miles. Because he, what he was doing was running uh, two miles every day. Uh huh. And I don't know if that's, you know, I was asking him, like, you know, is that wear and tear? He, he told me no on his legs. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know if, like, if it would be easy, it, would it be better to, like, do a 10 mile run once a week? No, not really, man. Not really. Um, there's there's a there's a really interesting study. There's actually a lot of research on this. You can look it up. Where basically they had like the best cyclists in the world, the best runners in the world box, and the best cyclists run, and the best runners cycle. It's like the only thing that gets you better it is at a sport is actually doing the sport itself. But there's pros and cons to that, right? Because if you're sparring, that's great because you're doing the thing. And you're, you know, and you're you use sparring to practice on what you've worked on and your moves, the drills that you've done, you want to put that into motion. You spar to get moves down, you spar to integrate new moves and make them natural. So when you fight, that's part of your repertoire. This new move you have is another tool that you put in your arsenal. But the only thing that makes you better at any sport is practicing the sport itself. So you can run your ass off. That's nice and cute, but it's not going to make you better at your sport. The reason that fighters run is because the when you're doing aerobic training, right? And when you do anaerobic, which means no oxygen, and you're fighting in sports, how strong your aerobic capacity is, is going to determine how fast you recover from those bursts of energy. So you go, bah, 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 bah. if you have good aerobic capacity, you'll recover faster to go hard for the next for the next burst of energy. If you have very poor aerobic capacity, you're going to go, bah, 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 bah. but every time you do that, your energy level, your conditioning is going down. It's going down. It's going down because you have poor aerobic um, endurance. So aerobic is with oxygen, anaerobic is without oxygen. So the reason that you want to run is so that you have a strong enough aerobic capacity to recover faster from the anaerobic bursts that you do in fighting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like macho man training out there. It really is. Like a lot of people would just be like, work your fucking ass off. And like, why are we working out this way? Because this is what we've been told. This is what people say works. And it's like, well, why don't you look at the fucking science and maybe go with that and see how much more efficient you can be and stronger and better and more performance, you know? Do you think there's an a age limit? On, like, when, when is too old? When is too old to fight that? Um... Honestly, man, I I don't think so. I don't think that there is really like a, a age limit. I would say it just depends on where you're at in your life. Like there are athletes that are over 40 and just doing phenomenal. There are professional fighters that are fighting at the age of 50. My coach, Oscar Bravo, he's a two-time world kickboxing champion. He's 51 and he's beating the shit out of fucking mid-20 professional boxers at the age of 51 because he takes good care of himself, you know? 
So it just, I think that like what, what makes you too old to fight? It just depends on the risk that you're willing to take. Are you willing to fucking die? Because if you're willing to die, then fight because that's a possibility. I literally went to a professional fight. My wife and I, my good friend of mine, Ruben Shulman's a professional boxer. We literally saw someone die from getting knocked out, hitting the canvas the wrong way. You know, that's a that's a risk you need to be willing to take. Do you have a family? Are you willing to risk everything for that family? Um, how do you support yourself? Do you have a part-time job? Because a lot of you're not gonna make money fighting to start. You're just not. And even if you make a pro, you're gonna need to supplement some income anyway. They're professional boxers back in the day. I forgot the professional boxer, but big name. He worked in construction. His boss didn't give him the day off. He went to a construction job and he fought right after that. So what's what's too old? And and also it depends like how well did you take care of yourself? Were you partying and drinking like crazy? You're not sleeping well? You know, do you have that energy? Are you, were you were you live a stressful life? Probably means your testosterone is like super low. So like what what's too old? Really too old depends on how well you've taken care of yourself. Like not to be cheesy, but age really is just a number. Like how you feel and perform determines everything, not the number, you know? Where are you from? Uh, Honduras, uh, Chicago. When did you come to, uh, come to Chicago? Um, I came here when I was like six. Uh, yes, sir. Florida. Yeah, man. You were Italian. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not Italian. You <laughs> Italians are pretty badass people, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, uh, how'd you find boxing? I actually um, wanted to try MMA, and then I I sparred in MMA and I sparred in boxing a few times, and uh, I just came to find that I just love boxing there's something about that energy that was like way different than anything else i wrestled before too how old was i how old were you when you when you were discovering um, this field i used to box with my dad when i was little i stopped for years i boxed in high school for like another year i stopped and then i got back into boxing i believe i was like yeah like 21 19, 21, yeah, around then. And would you recommend going to a, like, if a, if a new person is going to uh, do boxing, would you recommend going to a bunch of gyms or just find one gym? Um, I think it depends. Like, if you just want to box to get a good workout in, you can go box anywhere. It doesn't matter. If you want to box because you want to learn the skill, I would find a coach one-on-one. -on -one. But if, if you don't have the finances for that, then I would go to multiple gyms and find out who has the best class and the best teaching and who's invested in their students and teaches good technique and take a look at the people in the class. Do so they look good or they look like shit? You know, you don't want to be in a class with people that look like shit. You also don't want to be the best one in the class if you just got there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So at your gym, you guys, uh, do you guys mainly work outside because of COVID? Um, right now my business is a hundred percent online. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. What's the link to your company, your business? Where uh, people can 
Oh, yeah. It's uh, myconsciousfitness.com, www.myconsciousfitness.com. It's not a professional website or anything. Like, websites, in my opinion, I think are outdated. Whatever it looks at a website, you can't really get information from a website. People usually go to, like, social media or Google reviews to see what's up. That gives you, like, an idea of the culture and the vibe of the company and how people are engaged and stuff. But it's www.myconsciousfitness.com. It's a super simple Google website. Mm. You guys specialize in boxing there? No, no, we don't specialize in boxing. I actually, I stopped teaching people how to box in uh, 2018 um, because boxing was my thing. I loved it. And then uh, all of a sudden I just gave it away. I started teaching it, started making money on it. And you would think it would be easier to make boxing your life. But it's like, dude, by the time I was teaching for five, eight hours a day, I was so fucking tired. I didn't want to fucking box. I was burnt out. I'm going to like play football instead or something or lift weights, not box. Cause I've just been doing that. You know, it's like that, that passion that I had for it. It's like, I didn't leave any room for it. So I, at 2018, when I grew my business to a uh, membership based model, I made an announcement. I said, I'm no longer teaching boxing. I was like in a month from now, I will not be doing boxing anymore. Because I wanted that back for me. I wanted boxing back for me, you know? Mm. But would you compete again? No, I definitely wouldn't compete again. Why not? Um, it's just, uh, I would rather, I would like, I produce music two to three hours a day now. I would rather do that than train for two to three hours a day. like. I don't I me. Mean, I don't personally get like fired up by thinking about boxing or anything. Yeah, yeah, been there, done that. I'm good at it. I get you know a professional boxer will beat the shit out of me, but I can hold my own and I can do pretty well. I've sparred and I train with professional boxers and champions, and you know I'm very confident to where my skill is at, and I feel that I have a tool that I can carry with me forever. There isn't. It's not necessary for me to compete anymore. I still spar to this day. Uh, you, do you know anything about uh, salt tablets? Salt tablets? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I use them for a different reason. Why do you ask? Just curious. Uh, no, because I mean, like, I use them for uh, running, so you know, it takes away cramps. Oh, cool. And like a lot of ultra runners and runners, long distance people, that's what they use and stuff. And uh, I for remember sure. like with cramps and. Uh, I just thought you had to just drink like Pedialyte or something, and you know, you could literally take a salt tablet and stuff. And I was just gonna see if you uh, would recommend that. Or... Actually, uh, to my nutrition clients, I recommend taking a salt tab uh, before they go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people will wake up to pee, and it disrupts the sleep cycle. But if you take salt before bed, you're gonna retain that water. So you sleep all the night through without having to wake up and go pee. Make sense? Yeah. 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 So then that, that's a recommendation every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like uh, when people go drinking, they're like partying and having a good night or having a few drinks. I recommend to hydrate and have a salt tap before you go to bed so you don't wake up to go pee from the alcohol dehydrating you. Or even work, wake up with cramps. <laughs> exactly. 
you a DJ? So you're a DJ now, right? Also, yes, yes, sir. DJ producer. DJ producer. Mm-hmm. Have you always liked it? Or? Yeah, man, I always loved it. I was in a heavy metal band for uh, three and a half years. We got a, uh, a deal offered in Chicago. We said no to that. We got a deal offered uh, by a company in California. We were going to say yes to that, but we were just so young and dumb that like we couldn't keep a band together, and we ended up breaking up, so that was pretty sad. But honestly, looking back, I think to myself, man, if I would have taken that deal and I went around touring, I probably would be dead by now, but the amount of partying that I would have done being that young, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, sometimes rejection is protection, you know? Yeah, it's funny. People ask me to DJ for events, and they're like, hey, how much do you charge? And I'm like, it's a $100 deposit, and then it's $100 per hour. Um, but... If you want me to play house music, it's free. And sometimes, and sometimes people will ask, like, "Oh, are you like working on your house music tracks or something?" I'm like, "Nope." I was like, "I just love house music so much that I play it anywhere." But if you ask me to play anything else, it is work for me. <laughs> so that's completely the opposite. Yeah. And uh, you got a kid on the way, right? Dude, April 30, man, I'm excited. You got a kid too, right? I got a bunch of kids. Yeah? How many, man? <laughs> got four now. Nice. That's amazing, dude. Time, time flew by, right? Still the same old guys, just <laughs> life's changed. Yeah. It's been my pleasure having you on. Uh, and thank you for taking time out of your day to make the podcast. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, man. Enjoy your night, man. Enjoy your you night. You got it, brother. You too, man. See ya.